Hey, Brian Phillips here with Steve Castle. Welcome out to the Grace House Podcast. We're going to be talking about the State of the Kingdom Address. We're actually just returned from our trip to uh, Washington, D.C. We were at the Trump rally, and we want to give you our version of the story. Before we do that, I'd love to invite you to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, get on the Grace Ops website, graceops.net, look at the five-star charge, start overviewing the language and the charge that we're laying out there to men, get on our email subscription. We'd love to have everybody connected to us on all the different avenues that we have. Get on our social media. You can find us on all social media platforms at graceops212. Well, Steve, it's good to be with you today. Bro, this is We had a crazy exciting. trip, man. We just decided, like, <laughs> we weren't even planning on going. Yep. And uh, what was and it, like, Monday night? I'm like, dude, do you want to go? We're thinking about leaving tomorrow. <laughs> we're, still, uh, we're still a little sleep hangover, even oh, today, while we're I'm sitting white, here. Yeah, yeah white, I mean, yeah. so today is, just so everybody knows, so today is the 8th. And uh, so the, the Trump rally was on the 6th, or the Washington, whatever you want to call it. It was on the 6th, and today's the 8th. We left at, um, I got up at four o'clock in the morning on the fifth. We drove, we were down at the Trump, uh, we were down at the, at the Washington monument, um, uh, at 7 AM in the morning on the sixth. Yeah. And we were, we did not get back to our hotel until it was eight or nine and, o'clock. And, at and night. on my watch, I'd walked 23,000 steps. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did 10.5 like, miles. <laughs> yeah. It was like 11 or 12 <laughs> miles of walking and, and it was intense. And, but what I'm saying is that entire circle, um, it was, we left super early in the morning the day before we were there all day on the sixth. It took us all plus day. hours. Yeah. yeah. It took us about 14 hours to get home yesterday. And so we're, yeah. This, the the reason I'm saying that is because we want you to know like how committed we are to make Close sure to that 30 you guys, hours of driving. Yeah, it was it was it was probably over that. Well, Tom you, drove. We rode. Yeah, yeah. Tom Tom <laughs> Tom blessed us. But the point is, I want I want these guys to hear like we are absolutely committed to making sure that you know that we we are doing everything we can to empower you to give you the opportunity to have the action of grace manifesting in your lives. And even though we have some you know, some physical tiredness or, or jet lag or whatever you want to call it and that's going on in us, that is not going to dissuade us from doing what we need to do in order to empower um, and empower our world to live righteous, upright, right. and godly in this present world. And we're, we're willing to push through this, which is a characteristic that we all need to embrace in the kingdom of God, which is it doesn't matter how you feel. <laughs> Screw your feelings. Right. If you've got things to do, you need to do it. And especially for you guys out there. I don't care how you feel. Your marriage is important. I don't care about how you feel. Your kids are important. I don't care how you feel. Um, being a godly man and and going upstream against the curtain, uh, against the the culture, the current, yeah, the current of culture, current modern day yep. narratives. Going and, upstream. I don't care if it doesn't feel good. Right. That's the whole point. Is that we've we've literally developed an entire uh, group of an entire generation of people that say, "Well, I'm only going to do things that feel good." That right. that. That hey Steve, me, can you bring me a puppy dog? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we and, and I know you're no, laughing, and, and at the same time, I know we're not saying totally ignore your feelings or no, stuff them. We're no, just saying no. manage your feelings in a way that they don't stop you; they right. don't lead you. Right. So what we're we're what we're doing today? I mean, I'll be, we don't feel like doing this, but we have a passion. There's a fervency that's on the inside of us that's greater than the lack of sleep that we got. Yeah, and Grace Ops is uh, Titus two twelve. So grace trains us to actually renounce ungodliness. And we're, that's what we're about to do in the state of the kingdom address. We're 
We were in DC. We were there. We're tired. We're pushing through, but we were there. We, we were, we were at the rally. Let's just kind of walk through the day. I mean, like, so we, so we, seven in the morning, we get there, there, there were so many people at this thing. I mean, you know, to put this, I was an evangelist. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the best qualified person (laughs) to say how many people were there, (laughs) but, uh, evangelistically or evangelistically, (laughs) however you want to talk about it. But there was a lot of, there was, I've been in, there was more people than I've ever seen. And that, that is an understatement for me. I, I have been, I have been a part of crusades literally on four continents. I've been in Reinhard Bonnke's stuff. I've been in stuff. Uh, I, I can't say where because some of them were illegal, but I've been, I have been in masses of people before in right. great masses of people before. And I have never in my life, 46 years old, I have never in my life seen that many people. And the other thing too, of unified heart, they were some of the most unified on purpose in why they were there. People yeah, we, that I've ever we get seen. out of the subway. We walk down the street. Remember, we turned left around the road. We kind of knew where we were going, but we didn't really know. But we knew we had to be in this general area. And they were just all just really nice people. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people you'd pass. Like, you know, there's like a grandma. She dropped her glove. I bend over, picked it up. She's like, oh, thank you. I could kiss you or something like that. Or like, I love you. You're so nice. And like, but I saw that like a hundred times. Like people drop stuff. Oh, ma'am, sir. You know, like. People were just being super. I probably could have just dropped my wallet or all my my. It was, I seen someone drop. Somebody, somebody probably, actually dropped their just wallet. Good people were there. I seen someone actually drop. Good hardworking Americans. Yep. It, it was. These were the people. And, and so let me just say this to get this out of the way. Let's say it was a million. Maybe I'm off, but let's say it was a million people. Of that million people, like I would guarantee you that you want anyone that was in that crowd to be your neighbor. That's somebody that you want to be your neighbor. Somebody that's going to watch out for your property, make sure nobody does bad stuff to it. They're going to be people that are genuinely trying to be good, good wives, good husbands, good mothers, good fathers. They're probably people that work hard at work. They're probably people that, that maintain their life, maintain their lifestyle. I'm saying we were with a million people. I even, at one point I even turned to, to pastor Brian and I said, bro, if we had a million Christians, in one place, I don't think they would be this kind. <laughs> right. Do you now, remember me now saying that? At the that? same time, I do remember. And, I, and at the same time, we're not saying that everybody there was a Christian, right? We're not We're not saying that that's one of the f- uh, false ideas of this Trump thing is that they're all labeled as Christians and they're all, you know, that that's kind of false. Not every Trump supporter is like a Christian. They probably have more of a God-fearing, right? more of a... I would say they'd be more, more of Judea, a pulled-back, laid-back, yeah. God... Judeo-Christian, generally moral generally person. Moral. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, you know, and then to be fair, you know, to be a generally moral person um, doesn't get you a better place in hell. A, a generally moral person will send you to hell. You, right. There's only one way in into eternal life, and that is through Jesus. It is through making him your Lord. It's bowing your knee in humility and submission to the fact that he, he's the only one that can save you. 
And so I'm not saying that it's okay that these guys are generally moral. No, everyone needs Christ. But the point is, is, that's the crowd we're in. Right. The point is, is that there, there's a thick line between that kind of a crowd versus some of the other um, political narratives and, and, uh, and the media. And I honestly, well, okay. So here's where we're going in this episode, right? There's like, we want to lay out some more of our experience, kind of like walk you through almost play by play. We'll see how that all turns out, but here's the fork we're going to hit. The fork is, uh, the kingdom address this we're addressing kingdom issues and we're addressing them from the perspective of the political realm because political realm makes the laws and affects all of our lives. So you can't ignore politics. You can't ignore that gate. You just can't, you know, we're, we're actually called to take that gate. We're called to actually be the influencers of that gate in the kingdom. So we're going to look at some things that are filled with all kinds of tension. And so what if, so what is God doing? Right? So let's say, uh, President like Biden actually gets in and he takes over on the 20th and he goes full steam ahead as the whole world believes. So what's that narrative like for the kingdom? What, what could happen? The other narrative is there's a whole group of people out there. I'm not one. I haven't been deep in this, this thing called Q anon or, you know, but there's a whole like theory, uh, pretty established following, you know, masses and masses of people as of people are. And I'll tell you where I learned all this. I've heard of it through the last year or so. You know, I've heard Q, I've heard some of those things, but I, I've just got so much going on in my life. I don't have time to go <laughs> dive into at. another conspiracy theory right. or black, or if it is or isn't, who knows? I just didn't have time to investigate all that. So I didn't really put a lot of time into it. <clears throat> but the reason why this means something to me is because I actually made a post the next day after the rally <laughs> on my Facebook page. And I basically kind of talked about, uh, you know, the crowd we were in and how peaceful it was. And we'll get into those details. I kind of shared my, but I made a statement and this was more of the kingdom address. This kind of falls in that category. The prophets were wrong point blank. And then the next thing I said was maybe this will prove to be emotional. Maybe this will just prove to be emotional. Maybe, maybe I'm just tired from the trip and I just feel a little out of it and down and, you know, cause then I started, cause I had some people push back on me. Some people call, I had phone calls and like inbox stuff, text messages. I had people going, Oh, you know, you don't believe. I'm sorry that you quit believing. I'm like, no, I'm tired. I just was trying to write it in. I wasn't trying to <laughs> stir all this up, but I guess you, you know, if you're just reading and not really understanding that, you know, I'm human and I could be tired and, you know, not give me the benefit of the doubt. FYI, Grace Cops guys. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things about Brian Phillips is his legitimate and real transparency like you you do not ever have to guess <laughs> you don't ever where you guess. are or how you stand or what to expect from ryan phillips he's one of the most transparent yeah. guys and i i think that's a really positive characteristic so brian was being legit he's I suck like at politics yeah and, and the thing is is that he and i were having this conversation in the truck while we're driving back and then you know he's he's man enough to like post it and let the world know hey here's what i'm thinking and he, you know, he oh, and I got, I got some pushback, but in, but in <laughs> good way from, from people that love me, you know, pe- and people that love me and people, are, Oh, well think so then on the way home, I, I remember making another post and I said, well, maybe they were right. And maybe not. Right. Like, so we got 12 days to, you know, and, and then all the people kind of pushed back on me, liked that comment. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. And I didn't write it for them to like it. I just was like, Hey, I'm tired and I'm going, I'm experiencing all this. And so, so on the one hand, this could be a Biden presidency and administration house all of the three the trifecta right which would be a really interesting dynamic for the kingdom so we're going to talk about that in a moment and then the other thing would be this q thing that trump does this some type some type of like 
biblical trump card that he's going to put down. And, uh, you know, there's literally probably hundreds of thousands of people that believe this. And I look millions. at and there's I look millions. at what they're talking about, and I'm like, I, I don't know that I disbelieve it. I'm like, it's all there. It looks like it all could really be done. And and then when you hear like Trump at the rally Wednesday, the the, the verbiage he's using, he's not. He's it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. You know, he it's left just like, a lot of there's just so marks. many things like that, right? So so anyway, that's the fork in the road that we're going to kind of be addressing as we go through the rest of this time. But so so we're at the rally. I mean, I think we went off, we walked for a little while, then we came back because there was a couple of preliminary speakers, and then the crowd just swelled, right? Oh my gosh. The, cr- the crowd just like oh ramped up when we, Trump came. When we walked up on this crowd, we were literally on the edge of it because I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not feeling this whole like, you know, elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder thing, and... Uh, and we were just off the monument that yeah, hill we right were, there. We were on the monument. It was on, on the monument grass, and it was just it was flags swarms, swarms everywhere. You, mean, we were crazy. so <laughs> there was so far that they had this massive Megatron screen set up so everybody could see what was going on in the stage. And we could barely we even, see that, right? Yeah, like it was and we of, weren't even in the actual part where Trump was giving the speech. Yeah, he, well, you think he was probably we, another hundred, two hundred oh, yards? He, back oh, not from that yards. Screen. He was probably another quarter of a mile away, and that entire area was packed with people. And so here we are. So anyway, I was saying like we walked up and we just stayed on the fringe because I didn't want to be elbow to elbow. You know, none of us, you know, me and Brian are, we aren't those kind of guys like to stand that way and act that way. So anyway, we're on the fringe and literally within like 20 minutes, I remember turning around. I'm like, dude, we're in the middle of the crowd. The crowd swelled around us so far that it was as far as the eye could see. We went from (laughs) the fringe to 20 minutes later being in the center of whatever mass of people that we were in. And I'm saying that the reason we're saying that is because there were so many people and they just kept coming and coming that this time that we're talking about when we walked away, we walked 20, 25 blocks off of the, off of the national mall area. And we were out there and we seen streams of people both ways, like people that were coming, people that were going piles of 10 piles of five piles of 20, and they were marching and they were going and people everywhere. So it wasn't just the pictures that you see that will encapsulate the number of people, because in that picture, who knows how many Tens of thousands of people had already left. How many tens of thousands of people that hadn't come yet? Right. How many tens of thousands of people that were eating breakfast because they were because it was stinking cold. It was cold. It was cold. I mean, the wind chill. It was cloudy. Just the wind. It was. Yeah, just, the yeah, wind was, was like, cutting it was in through. The forties at times, but that wind yeah. was cutting. And through, yeah. and and so what I'm saying is like even if you've seen the picture, well, I don't know if I believe what Brian and Steve are saying. They're just a. Obl- I'm telling you, like you don't know the entire dynamic of being boots on the ground. And it was it. massive. It, there was more people than <laughs> I'd massive. ever seen in my life, and it was legit. And like Brian said, these were these were generally good people. Yeah, no, these were good people. They people. came right. They came because now, they believe in our the republic. entire day, and we'll get into what happened at the Capitol in a little bit. But the entirety of the entire day, I never saw one fight. I never <laughs> right. saw one brick thrown. I never saw a water right. bottle toss. I never nope. saw. I mean, nothing. Never saw one business vandalized. I never saw. There was no windows broken. I mean, I seen people actually like stop that kind of stuff. Like there, were, I actually watched people that went up. Well, and I was one of them. I went up to the police officers and I was saying, "Hey, you know, we appreciate you. Yeah. You know, I know that there's a crowd here, and I know there's a lot of hatred in the in 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 the area and a lot of animosity." And I said, "You know, one of the things I want you to understand is like, you know, some of these people have been boiling for a long time." Like we're losing our republic. We're losing 
um, things that we believe in our core values about what our nation is supposed to stand for. And I get it that they're probably being ignorant or immature and they're venting that on you. I said, but I want to come up to you and I want you to know that we appreciate you. I've spoke, I've spoken at multiple back the blue rallies. You know, I believe in our, in our law enforcement. I believe in laws. I'm a law abiding citizen. Um, I believe in, in the rule of law and the constitution. And so these are things that are core values to who we are. And I honestly believe that it was core values to who they are. But man, there were some people that were just super uh, overwhelmed, excited, probably overheated in, right. in their exuberance for their message that they did did and said some stuff that was just probably out of alignment. Again, not they didn't burn down. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, to, to backfill Brian, like it wasn't that they were like setting cars on fire and shooting cops in the street and calling, well, you know, in at the rally. Right. So we got let's just say a million ish people there. While I'm on the field, my wife texts me, well, this isn't even on the news. Oh, I'm shocked, right? Yeah, surprise. No news media. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll feature these types of rallies. And so when Trump gets up to speak, never one time did he, did he talk from anger or nope. Nope. He, never, nope. he never passed on like any type of like fire to the crowd, right? Nope. He never lit a fire under the crowd. Nope. He was just typical Trump. Well, and then you might say, well, that is lighting a fire, right? <laughs> like, like I get it, right? But he never was like, go down there and just kind yeah, of let's storm burn the, the city castle. To the ground. Yeah. He never one time said that. He was, it was very peaceful. He basically highlighted the fact that, and in, in this, this goes to the Q crowd, right? Like, so he highlights this fact. He says... You know, he's talking and the election was stolen. So they claim they have proof of that. You know, I'm not endorsing one way or the other necessarily on this podcast or whatever, but that's what he's claiming. And I probably more believe that way, you know, that they're okay. There's probably, I believe more of that than I do the, oh, that it was just were, an intent, you know, the, there was the, a ton I just, of I believe verifiable more of garbage. So here, he, and he's addressing that. He's like, hey, these elections can't be stolen and the integrity of this and that. And, you know, he's talking about how um, if Pence just does the right thing, you know, he can save us if he just does the right thing. And, you know, we had discussed, we don't really know that he could do the right thing. Yeah, my interpretation as far of the, as the Constitution, Constitution goes. Is that he could not. There wasn't anything really Pence could do. That and was my so, interpretation. at the rally, Trump is kind of like painting this picture, and he does what Trump does, and he goes into every little corridor of the story, and he's this guy and that guy in this state and this town and Georgia and the Senate and, you know, all this stuff. The, you know, the stealing of, a, you know, it was basically the rally was called Stop the Steal. So he's addressing that as his main point. Well, never one time, you know, he, he was very clear. We will not let this happen. Okay, well, how are you going to do that if you're leaving? Right, right. I mean, that were, that's where the cures are like, dude, and this is way deeper. This go, you know, we got all the evidence and they could be right. Like, you know, you look at all their stuff and you're like, dude, and if it, and if they, if they are right in the days ahead, it's like, Oh my gosh, this would be biblically epic. What could happen in this country? So, so there, you, you know, th there we have it. Right. So we're experiencing this, this great Trump speech, great Trump rally, great. These nice people, they're pretty nice. I mean, I didn't see any 
you know, any, I didn't see any, there was no fighting meanness. No. There was no, and like, the crowd was completely, like, at one time a dog was running and three or four people went and got the dog yep, and held it dog. and found the owner. Yep, and it was like, gave it some water, like, dude, you know? Yep. Um, and I mean, there was signs all over the place, uh, you know, uh, scripture signs and dude, there were um, people, people that I were know a guy that was and, down there. Yep. And they were leading people to the Lord. They had the they whole sound groups. system on a cart. Yep. Blasting worship music, <laughs> preaching the gospel, holding up signs that say Jesus saves. Yep, there was there was like, pro was awesome, life. You know? There was yeah. there was massive pro life movements that were there. There was I mean, and people it was were just, nice. I mean, you yep. gave out a lot of your pocket amendments, yeah, pocket constitutions. Yep, our I, constitutions. I, I, yep, yeah, I gave out a ton of those little promo ops, cards yep, we have for the ops, podcast, card. and people were like, "Oh, okay, thanks." You know, I I'll met check people there that are going to be on the podcast. Yep, I met the guy that runs the Patriot Party podcast. Right, right. Like, right. And he, we're talking about collaborating together. I was like, yep. let's let's do something together and, and like, we met a couple of executives from afa American remember at Family lunch we met those pastors those yep. two older guys that's who i'm talking about they're from he has AFA. a thing called he, he's like you run grace ops he runs something with grace in the title like you know and so he's already been texting me it's like it's wild man like there's just good god connections at yep. this thing and and that <clears throat> so the thing is is that 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 is a crowd that any any legitimate patriot if you love your country, you would have been very comfortable in that crowd. Even if you didn't necessarily believe in all of the legislative things that everybody else believes in. You know, when you get the legislation, you know, you, the opinions in the room about legislation are as varied as the opinions in the room of a bunch of Christians about eschatology. I mean, you got two you got two people in the room, they're going to have different views of legislation. You got two Christians in the room that got different views of eschatology. It's just the way it is. But what I'm saying is, if you loved the country, if you love this country, if you love God, if you loved your neighbor, you would have been very welcome and warmed in that congr- in, in that group of people. In that crowd, you would have fit in. You would have felt in place. Right. And so the kind of one of the points is that you, from boots on the ground, Brian Phillips, Steve Castle, boots on the ground, two pastors. 10.5 miles of walking right. on Wednesday. Two, <laughs> two pastors. Maybe 11. We'll just call it 11, yeah. Two pastors that have committed their lives to loving God, loving their neighbor, and telling the truth. So that's what you got. You got two guys on this podcast who love God, love their neighbor, and tell the truth. And we are here to tell you that what happened, that the news portrayed about what that gathering was, is absolutely a lie. Absolutely yeah, Blaming a lie. Trump, acting like he went down, you know, sent that crowd down there. Dude, we went and got some lunch. It's it's he's ending his 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 speech. We're heading out, you know, as he's kind of closing it down. We walked what like ten blocks, yeah, maybe yeah. If, maybe less than that, to this this great little tavern. You could only eat outside because all these COVID Stupid laws. COVID. It's freezing out there, and <laughs> it was cold. they at least had one little heater outside we could get a little warm by. <laughs> I literally was. They, eating they my had lunch. great food, by the way. I, they had great they food, had but great I was food. literally eating my lunch with my card heart hoodie up and my gloves on. I was right. eating my lunch they, with my they, gloves they, they on. They were so I was packed so cold. outside that yeah. the, the one table we could sit at was had these two older guys at it and they were the pastors that we met, like ministry guys, yeah. like business leaders. It was, they were cool guys. And so we're, so what we're saying is this, this was a peaceful thing. And Trump at the end, he was like, Hey, get, go walk down by the Capitol. Let them hear your voice. That's kind of how, that's all he said. Like, let them hear your voice. Maybe pencil come through for us. That's what he kept saying. And then all of a sudden we're at lunch and my wife's texting me like, "What's going on at the Capitol?" I'm like, "I don't know what's going on at the Capitol. <laughs> We're not even you know, there." Yeah, and then like Tom's <laughs> getting bombed by his daughter, and like 
you know, we're looking it up online and we're like, well, we we still took another maybe 15 minutes. We finished our lunch and then we started heading that and way. And then it was crazy sirens. And then it was sirens. literally like 30 police cars, paddy wagons, oh, national guards. Flying just, down Oh my gosh. The they were like, right I mean, there. they could have killed people themselves. Like they were just yeah, they were on a race down. to get down right. to the Capitol, which is probably about when the stuff went down. And the, the point is, of what I'm saying is not one of those people that perpetrated the lawlessness on the Capitol came to DC with the heart and the intentions that the majority of that crowd came with. I'm not saying that there weren't good people that might've got sucked into some stuff because there is, there is definitely a crowd mentality. There's a, a mob mentality. There's a dynamic. Yep. You know, that you're tired, over. you're cold. Yep. And that's not making an excuse. You still did the wrong thing, right? But you can get sucked into the energy and the emotion. Yep. So like, for example, yeah. the and gal, you still should get in trouble, right? Like, you, you, you right. sorry, I got sucked into the emotion of it. Well, you still did the wrong, thing. right? Yeah. Doing the wrong thing <laughs> yeah. is doing the wrong thing. Right. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that we started out this podcast, like, you know, Brian and I don't physically feel like being here and doing this right now, but it doesn't matter how we feel. We're going to do the right thing. The right thing is to communicate with you guys and let you know what happened. And so like, for example, the gal that was killed inside of the Capitol, um, and by all reports, and I'm not, I'm not super deep into the rabbit holes, but by all reports, this was a great gal, a veteran did four tours of service or something like that was loved, loved the country, loved the president. And so then people are saying, well, why was she in there? Well, I don't know. I wasn't with her, but I can tell you that there is something that takes place in a crowd or in a mob that there are people literally sent in there to incite and to do terrible things. And sometimes people get caught up in it. I watch people that that I didn't, uh, that probably in a different situation wouldn't have violated morality in their own lives, in their own hearts, except that they were in a crowd. Like probably everyone that's listening to this, you could probably look at some of the most terrible mistakes you made in your life. It's because there was a bunch of pressure on you from a bunch of people around you. Yeah. And so I, I don't know why she was in there. I don't know what was going on. I can tell you that that crowd was not legitimately represented by what the media has and, told and, I, and I'll say this right now, right? We already saw the aftermath videos and the photos. So we saw the guy with the Viking helmet on in, in, you know, the, the aftermath. And I talked the, to that guy of the photo shoots. Yeah. We'll get into this, right? Well, the photo. So we're walking up on the Capitol. We walked up all the way up to the steps. Nobody was vandalizing like the outside and burning or taking a hammer and busting away at the ivory, you know, the stone, all the stonework. Nobody was like, we, they weren't, there was nothing like maybe, I mean, I couldn't see everybody, but what I did see, I didn't see any, we all stood there huddled together, crammed in super cold, saying amazing <laughs> grace, uh, chanted things like we, the people, we, the, we, the we, people, the people, yeah, we, we, the, the people. people. Right. And it like, it was just a expression. Now I'll say this. Saying if the that crowd anthem. was a mob, like they've been painted to, or if they were terrorists, like this whole rally insurrectionists, if they were terrorists and they were mob like the whole group of people that were on the, that were on that, like where they're going to do their inauguration, the scaffolding and the, the stairs there, there would have been nothing you could do to stop. Oh God, no, that crowd from going in the Capitol and yep. literally wreaking havoc on the whole place. That, that was going to burn least... the whole thing down. Oh yeah. Just, just that group of people. Like you want to say mob terror, like wouldn't a terrorist group do that? Wouldn't a terrorist group go in and like right. blow the place up? Wouldn't a mob group be like, you know, that there was nothing like the crowd no, that the was thing, there. There was probably 10,000 people that was with us there. 10,000 people could have, 
burnt the Capitol to the ground. There was more police. Like there, there was only there's there only twenty eight hundred Capitol police and uh, DC police and guardsmen. I just yeah, I just read the talking, story. There was twenty eight hundred policemen. When and so we, there was and when, and when we got citizens. there, the crowd that we saw moving forward was the crowd that was getting on the scaffolding, not going inside the Capitol. Right. You know why? Because we saw the aftermath videos. The crowd that got led into the scaffold, into the actual Capitol, the crowd that got came into the Capitol, the evildoers, if you will. Mark Bryan's they, words, the crowd that was let they in. They were let in. They yeah. didn't bust we in. We saw the videos. They were let in. They, they were let in. They were led in, led to the right place. You can see all the videos. And then the, the, the picture they got me, right? There's this picture of the guy in the Viking, the red, white, and blue face, no shirt. There's like three or four photographers in the same picture. And I'm like, okay, they, so they you want to say you're so press. afraid for your life, right? right? You're so fearful that you have three or four photographers snapping photos. And you're posing. And they're, they're not moving. You know, it's not like these, these photographers are running and taking like backward <laughs> right, shots. Right. They're standing there like you're in a stinking photo shoot. It's, it was literally okay. posing for pictures. We're out front. Doing the we, the people, just having some fun, right? Making our voices heard. Nothing evil or destructive. And then we were like, well, why don't we go around to the back entrance? Which the worst part about that was the wind was stronger back there, right? Like <laughs> it was, it was way colder. It was colder. The crowd <laughs> heat was way better. But so we go around to the back. We're there for like, I don't know, 15 minutes. The guy with the Viking helmet that we don't know at the point is like the main photo shoot guy comes out of the back door. Comes down the whatever hundred stairs that are there, passes 40, 50 law enforcement officers, comes right up within just inches of us. I talked to him. We hear him mumbling about, right. I'm cold. I got to get out of here. I'm okay. I'm cold. And, and that's one of the things that I brought Tom up. Tom even told him, like, hey, idiot, put your shirt on. Or like, you know. He literally. I and talked to him. was the right guy. in front of us. I'm like, I'm like, what is your play here? Bro? He walked out the back door. I know. This <laughs> is the guy in the photo. Didn't get arrested. Nope. That blows my mind, dude. So we're there, boots on the ground. And then to watch the news and to see that we're this was a terrorist rally. It's all Trump's fault. Dude, this was a setup. Okay. That, and that's the thing. Like, here we are telling you that we were literally frozen. Like Brian and I and we're and we're stout guys. Well, the back door, that back door it, it corridor with the wind was Oh, it was piercing. Really, it was cutting you. I'm yeah. standing there literally. I have a long sleeve shirt. I have a gray sobs hoodie. I got a card heart, thick lined. Um, you know, work jacket on with the hood on with a stocking right. hat on with my hoodie for my grace hops with my gloves on. I'm freaking freezing. And so Viking guy who doesn't even own a shirt not, is not supposedly <laughs> is supposedly a part of the Trump rally. Come on now. Yeah, he didn't stand out there. No, there ain't no way he was outside longer than longer than 10 minutes without his nipples falling off. So what did he do inside the Capitol? He had the photo shoot. Would he go have like a steak meal? Because there was there was a good amount of time. Because by the time we got there, he when we got the phone, it was two hours. When my after wife texts me and yep. Tom, you know, it was it, it was, was already happened. Half, right, right. All that stuff already it's happened while we were still eating lunch. Right. Some the lady was already shot by then. And I was the, gonna. I was assuming. Okay, I was assuming we're gonna come up on a capital picture of people literally just bum rushing, like going. 
going yeah. to the front door like an unrelenting, unstoppable force, right? Like yeah. that's what I thought like we were going to see. Old-fashioned castle, uh, you know, melee. Like they're trying to blow down the right. wall in front of the moat, you know, like yeah. they're grabbing telephone poles and busting out. No, they were singing "God Bless America" and we were we, chanting the, the people, national right? anthem, like, and we were like, we we said the pledge of allegiance to the flag over the loudspeaker. The entire crowd did it, and they were so shouting. What happened Bible inside scriptures. the Capitol? If if it that wasn't a mob we were in, it wasn't a group of terrorists. It wasn't a terrorist rally. This wasn't Trump. Trump condemned all of it, right? And rightfully so. so. Whoever you want to say, this group, that group, set up something was going on. I mean, there was something dark going on. There was there were certain people. They were just kind of peppered uh, throughout this time frame. Where like even at the back, remember that one guy that had like he had like he was all tacked out, and he had like on the back of his. His uh, plate carrier, it said, uh, media, please don't shoot. And then yeah. he had a GoPro. You're not the media with a GoPro. <laughs> and he didn't even have a crew. And he had plates. And he had a, his actual. He had like a war helmet on, like a right. fighting helmet. And that, that was the other thing I said to Brian. And he was like, like yelling at the cops. Like, oh, yeah. we know where you live. Him. We're going to kill your family. I you mean, pigs. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, like I'm about are, to fight you. Right. You know? it's like, dude, we, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like. like I literally multiple Crack times dude's knee break yeah, him down. I, like, know. Uh, I literally multiple times got in between some of the quote unquote. Uh, it was insane. It was the like Trump protesters, quote unquote, I say, and the police where I literally said, dude, shut up. Like these, these are our neighbors. These police officers, these are our neighbors. Like yeah, they're like, they're not some, you know, some radical uh, usage of the government to come now, terrorize. The whoever citizenry. of the police were in on the Viking dude and oh, whatever, right. who were let in. There were some of them on the, yeah. they, it just was, but the media doesn't want to cover that. It doesn't fit their propaganda no, agenda. No. So here, here's the thing, right? So it's like you only got dirty cops. When, when, when was the, the last people? time, Steve, that you were at a terrorist rally? <laughs> and when was the last time you were at a mob rally? Okay, mobs and terrorists. When the uh, local broadcasting system, emergency broadcasting system, comes across from the mayor of the DC, dis, the yep. DC mayor, and says. Curfew, 6 o'clock p.m. for the D.C. area, right? Curfew. Get out of here. Right. Well, at 5, literally 30, 540, there was, was barely anybody around. It was, it was basically Okay, so out. what? when's the last time did the terrorists go home when the, when the, when they were when told the authority to told them to leave? <laughs> when's the last time the mob, right? Like, we just... It, it blows my mind. Like, we all left. at By 6 o'clock, there was, like, nobody at the Capitol building. Right. Right. Now, when we left, there was no fights, no bricks being thrown, no nope. water bottles. I nope. never saw one police officer. Now, and I didn't see all of them, but I saw a lot right. of them. But I didn't see any of them getting assaulted or nope. throwing stuff at. They got yelled at. There's some. There were some idiots there doing there stupid yep. stuff. Whether they're Trump supporters or not, I don't care. Whatever. They they didn't feel like they were, but whatever. But it's one of those things. It was so peaceful. We all even left at six. Yep. Everybody left six o'clock. We, nothing. Yep. I didn't see anything get burned. I didn't see any businesses get vandalized. I didn't see. Remember the BLM footage, the targets, <sighs> the ATMs, like just the. Remember the politicians that would speak into it, like you should be more violent. And we should keep this up. I mean, yep. like the list goes on and on. Like nobody did that from the Republican. You know, I'm a, uh, it, it's, I'm, it blows my mind the way the media is covering. Both us. Brian and I are concealed carry guys, and you know, one of the things that we talk about any any concealed carry guy will say this. This is totally normal. No, we didn't carry in DC. To, though. No, we did not. We did not. <laughs> we decided carry not in to DC, carry in DC. Like, just to be clear. Um, 
but one of the things that cracks us up is that we'll be somewhere like we'll walk into a bank and they got 20 stickers on the door that says you're not allowed to carry your weapon into the bank and i'm thinking like the only reason you put this sign up was to encourage a bank robber to come here because i'm a concealed carry guy which means that i'm going to follow the law i legally went and went through um the paid 16 money. hours paid of money. classroom Paid right. uh, almost five hundred dollars. Plus, you got my time. Plus, you got to invest in the weapon and do all that kind of stuff, and you got to wait for all. You got to do all these background checks and all this kind of stuff. So, I went through all that process so I could legally so you could be a good guy. carry. Yeah, so I could be <laughs> a good law abiding citizen right. and carry my constitutional weapon the the legal way. So, when you see this, don't bring your 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 legal firearm into our premises. Like, don't bring it. The only thing that does is encourage the lawbreakers as to what's going on in that building. You just told every bank robber that if you want to go rob a bank, this bank will not have any armed citizens in it. So if you want to come in here and shoot up the place, nobody's going to shoot back. So what I'm saying is when they put out this curfew thing, why would you put out the curfew if we were just a bunch of lawless, angry, burn the capital down? Why put out the curfew? Because you knew that we were lawful people, and when you put out the curfew, when it turned 6 o'clock, we were going to go home. And what happened with the BLM protest when the curfews came? That's when the stuff really started happening. Right. I mean, and I'm not not here to say, I'm not here to be like crazy pop political guy. I'm not trying to turn Grace Ops into like some kind of news reporting organization. We just are two guys that are kingdom-minded. We're church leaders. We're, you know, empowering people. And we just want to talk about our experience. That's all this is. It's not going to be like a continuation of like, you know, three more episodes on it's no, I mean, it, we just want to talk about what we saw and how crazy, like if I wasn't there, you know, and I heard like, okay, well, like I know that guy and he, wow, man, that's interesting. It's totally different than what the news is saying. And right. You know, it's just kind of like, so I was there, you know, and think about everybody left. I know it. It was, it was over with. It was like, there was no, I, and there ain't nobody there now. Pull, no, pull up I mean, a live just, picture of the of the everybody Capitol was building. gone on our there way home. There. I mean, there was like droves of people, Trump right. Trump supporters, yep. and just going home. I mean, so so from so here, here let's, yeah, let's yeah, what yeah. Do you so got? I want to transition this. Yeah, so so let me give you too. the let me give you the kingdom, uh, kind of the perspective here. You know, this is the state of the kingdom. Is that there is a ton of information that you're being fed nonstop on purpose by people that don't want you to believe the truth. And and this is a prime example of that specific thing is that you are being inundated on a regular basis of people that are trying to dissuade you um, or dissuade you from the kingdom or persuade you into darkness nonstop all the time. There are people telling you like, well, Hey, if you want to be, you know, a good husband, and you need to do all this terrible stuff. This is what a good husband does. You know, grab your your woman by the throat. You know, she needs a strong man telling her what to do and, and pushing her around. If you want to be a good parent, you know, buy your kids all the toys that they want, give them video games, and let them hang out in the basement for 40 hours. Like, there is a ton of this false information that is being projected to you that it's true. And we're here to tell you, like, as this is an example of how often we get sucked into this. Well, this is what the news said. This is what the TV show says. So this is how I'm supposed to guide my life and be successful and proper, right? Absolutely not. The kingdom has a completely different perspective 
And it's already been settled by the king many, many, many decades ago that he told us the truth. This is how the kingdom works. This is not how it works. You need to put yourself into the kingdom. Yeah, so we're looking at, as we kind of close out, our closing dialogue is going to be focusing on, so say Biden takes it, and we know strong suffering and persecution will be coming for the church. Say this Q stuff's right. Say the prophets were right. And, and all of a sudden some epic biblical, like, cause that would, that would be to me, it would be like, it would be like restoring the Republic. Yeah. Like epic amounts of hope, like historic, never been done before. Right. right. Like empires normally die within 250 years. Right. And we've got all the, you know, as far as the attack on marriage, the attack on gender, yep. the attack on all those, all those attacks, abortion, all that stuff is goes is what tears societies yep. apart. Yep. And we become undone, and we're right there at the brink of it yep. all, right? So, so if, so what king? What's the kingdom look like under Biden? What's the kingdom look like under this thing? So, the one thing I'm passionate about is empowering the world to live upright, empowering men to to be godly, to be to be strong, to be empowered by grace, to build a band of brothers. That's what I'm passionate about. I want to see this culture that we're creating in Grace Ops kind of take on, you know, kind of hit the country and get someone going, oh man, this, what's this Grace Ops stuff? What's this all about? And I, I want to be in the operations of God's grace and I want to, right. I want to live that way. I want to live upright and godly and I want to, what's that five-star charge? You know, I want to, I want to get my life. The five-star charge isn't something you master. It's a plumb line. It's something that you return to. It's some, oh yeah, okay. I got to, man, I got to bump it up here and there. And it's, we're not saying, hey, you got to perform the rest of your life, but it's just those things where we're, we're constantly growing and maturing until the end of our day. You know, and that's what we ought to be doing. So I look at the great awakening. I want to see this, uh, what is like a billion people coming into the kingdom? Billion, billion soul harvest. Billion soul harvest that's been prophesied a few times. I mean, and, and whether that's all right or wrong, I'm not here to even kind of dissect all that. It's just, what what does it look like? So would it be better if it was Biden and suffering and persecution and hard times? Would that really awaken the church? Yeah, it would. If the Q stuff's right, and epic and a, biblical right. And historic for reset, the republic. Yeah. would that awaken the church? I think so. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, I, I think it would... I think so. This is basically where we're at. Like we're, we're on purpose making, you know, that there is no way that God loses. And we don't know which way it'll go. Right. I, I'm not, but even we know here. which way God's going to go. Right. Right. And it's a kingdom way. Just before we were shooting this, like Brian and I were talking about this for an hour. Like we literally, you know, we just spent 14 like we hours been recording. All <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we probably should have recorded it. We just spent 14 hours in a truck talking about this stuff. And we get together to shoot this podcast. And we're like, we can't stop talking about it. Because we're so passionate about the kingdom. And the the thing is, is that obviously we have opinions. We, we There's ways that we desire this thing to go, but it doesn't matter. Like if, if Biden wins, then God wins. If Trump wins, God wins. Because the kingdom is not shaken by any of these natural political systems. And if you're in the kingdom, and a lot of people don't get this, you are concurrently a citizen. You concurrently live in two kingdoms. In the spirit Colossians 1, 7 says that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we are on the inside in our spirit, man. We have been transferred into the kingdom of God. You are in the kingdom of God, but then you have this natural body and you have a soul that lives concurrently as a citizen of the United States or whatever country you're in. You're physically a part of the United States. In which we're 
and your ambassador, right? And we're supposed to be here representing the real kingdom. He even says we're like aliens. We're the aliens, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're the we're the legal aliens. And so the thing is, is that it doesn't matter how this thing goes down. What we're trying to do is to let you know that your hope should never, ever, ever be in some political system. If your hope is in the Republicans, you got issues. If your hope is in the in the Democrats, you got issues. If your hope is in any political system, you got issues. That is not where your hope should come from. Your hope should come from the fact that there is a king and his kingdom is going to reign without end. It's his of his government. There shall be no end. And at, and at the same time in that what you're laying out there, we have to be of the energy because we've talked about this before we hit record, but we talked about faith without works is dead. Uh, that's why we went to D.C. We didn't want to just pray for our country from here. And I, and I, you know, and a lot of people called me and actually said, thanks for going. You know, you right. were representing me. Yeah. And I had business leaders. I had people. Yep. I had the exact leaders. same thing. Yeah. You know, thanks for going like, okay, cool. I didn't know I was representing all of you, but I, but I did. Right. Like I, like, uh, you know, we should take I, I up an it, offering. Right? Like, I mean, people know you and it's like, <laughs> yes, I represent you. Know, you want to sow you. into the, you know, who wants to cover the gas yeah. and the $20 hotels? for gas, <laughs> yeah, please. Like, <laughs> so, uh, um, but we want to look at the faith of the works is dead. So one of the works of action that we're supposed to be about as the kingdom people is actually taking the gate of our enemies. God said that to Abraham. He said, your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. So the people who hate you, those gates of influence, those seats, if you will, like these, these the political realm, the education realm, the, uh, the business world, are the three gates that we've identified on this podcast in the past with uh, Dr. David Robinson. We've talked about these things about we've got to engage the gates. We've got to get busy. So if Biden wins, I still, I'm going to tell believers get on the school board. Let's we've got to re infiltrate this and as corrupt as it could be or whatnot. Um, if Trump wins, I'm going to say the same thing, get on a seat, get on in part of the new start day. influencing and, your culture. And Either start way. doing something with your faith. I, and here's the thing that really irks me, and I'm just going to be really transparent, um, but there are so many guys that I see, so many guys, so many quote-unquote Christian guys that, man, they know all the stuff that's going on in the political world. And like, oh, my gosh, and this is what's going to happen if Trump doesn't win and we're going to turn into a socialist Soviet republic. of a, you know, And they're like so engaged with this, and they're texting me, and they're, and they're messaging, and their Facebook feed is lined up with this stuff. And they're so like concerned about the direction of our country and their marriages are falling apart right? and their children are scattered, smothered, covered, and they got addiction problems and they got, you know, their minds are just topsy turvy. They, they have no legitimate internal directions. Uh, and it's so, it, it so hurts me to my core that they're so this, this passionate and engaged in this political thing and they're missing the point. The whole point as to why Brian and I are trying to encourage people into conservative values is because there's a benefit to your life. If you live God's way, if you if you believe God's word and you interact with it in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, it's going to be better. You if, should be a spiritual man. You should, you should be a spiritual right. person. I mean, you should... Know the living God. I, I mean, mean here's are, the thing. So let's say you you're know, science super, kind of cut all that out of our lives. Let's say you're super crazy Trump guy. And so let's say you, this happens and Trump gets back into office and then you get divorced or your kids end up in drugs and, and in addiction and they end up homeless right. or you, 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 
something terrible goes on. Like, like, what's the point? So congratulations, your president's in office and your life's a mess. Like, that's the point of what we're getting to. My marriage, my life, what real foundation are you building on? My spiritual health, my future, my hope is in Jesus Christ. And if Biden gets in the yeah, if Biden gets in the office, his yoke, right? If Biden gets in the office, it doesn't change. If Trump's in the office, it doesn't change. My hope is firmly and rooted completely in the rock yeah, of and, my salvation. And on that, I'm Jesus speak and his work. Right to the heart of a matter that kind of annoys me a little bit. In the Trump Trump culture, this whole pro country culture, and I get it. You know, I'm yep. I'm I'm I would say I'm patriotic and I, constitutional. I, I get it. But this whole God, family, country, or how, what's the order? Is that right? God, yeah, you're right. God, yep. Or God, country. I can't remember the order. But but they throw the God thing out there like it's like a, they're in 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 a. It, I give them some credit, right? Like they're trying to be somewhat God ordained or oriented, but they missed the point. You know, you miss the point when you're just tipping your hat to God. And, um, there, there's this, that that's one of the things for me is like, let's get in tune with what it actually means to know, to know God, you know, what does it actually mean to actually live a particular way? You know, we should be better students at all this, you know? And that, you know, it, and that's the, that's kind of the core value of what we're getting to this thing is that, um, there, there's all these different ways that society is telling you that life can be lived and all the, all these roads, eventually, if you, if you do it right, you'll eventually end up in the right place. And that is not, that is an absolute lie. The, all these good roads have left us to this place in America right now. We are crazy. I mean, we went through I mean, if you did not realize what happened in 2020, what in the world hole were you buried in for a year? Like the world was thrust into this pandemic and you've got, you got basically race wars in the street. You got Antifa burning down downtowns of multiple cities. You've got this political war. Like it's a straight up war. You've got all this stuff is going on. Like this is the end result of how society being in control ends like at least, at <laughs> least be grown up to look out your front, your kitchen window and say, um, maybe the solution isn't out there. You at least should look out there and say, yeah, this and is a mess. The last little rant I was on, I, I literally, I am tired. And I kind of lost a little bit of what I, I I'm glad you took over. Cause I'm, I needed to regain my thought and, uh, <laughs> but here's my thought. The, the God family country, like, if if you look at the Bible and Christ, if you look at it like a self help movement, which is a lot of how it's packaged, you know, make a better you, better version of you, self help, self motivation, you know, you got it all wrong. Jesus never promoted self help and self motivation. Make a better version of you. He actually said, if you want to follow me, you need to pick up your cross and die to you. You need to actually die to your way of thinking, your way of living, and learn from me. Learn of me. Follow me and be my disciple. And I will be not only your savior, which everybody loves. I'm saved by grace. Okay, great. But you're also trained by grace. And what what? do you train by grace? That Jesus is now the Lord of your life. And so, you know, it depends on how you look at all this stuff. And like, you know, we were talking earlier, and there's a big topic, and I don't really plan on spending a lot of time talking about it, but... I struggle with the current biblical view of just rapture. You know, I struggle with the whole, you know, (laughs) you're just going to disappear. And I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole a lot. (laughs) I struggle with it. Like I have for years. Like 
I don't know that it'll happen that way. You know, I, this whole, it, it, to me, it's, I, there's a story that I had heard from some biblical studies, more of an Eastern mindset, more of a messianic Juda, Judaism type thinking way of thinking was there was an ancient story and I'm going to totally blow all the details out on this, but it the essence of it was there was a town that got destroyed by something and a king had come and left the resources for that town to be rebuilt. He left, he went away. The people got busy working. Faith without works is dead. The, you know, this, it's a true story actually. And then the king actually had returned and they were looking for the king and all these, all these uh, ways, the language in, in first in the, in Thessalonians, the way it's written out. Yeah about where people get rapture language is actually more about this king returning to this town and the people greeting him at the gate and actually showing the king what they had done with his, what he had provided. And I, I, that's more my version of rapture. Like Jesus is returning. I believe he's returning to Zion. And when he comes back, it's going to be like, what did, what did you do with my right. salvation? What did you do with the power and, and the might of and my And here's name? the thing, whether you agree with, with, Brian's. Oh, but you know, you told them, you told everybody earlier, I just kind of speak it like it is. That's kind of what I do, right? Like, like I got just ticked off half the, if you're, oh, what do you mean the rapture? Like, this is what you get. What about that that book series? What's that book series? This is what you get on Grace Behind. When when Brian is tired, this is what you end up getting. You get the, I think our theological episode listens are going to go up, right? I have no, I have no, uh, no way of holding. But here's it back. the thing: whether you believe in that eschatological viewpoint or not, the reality is is that you will never get away from the scriptures that Jesus Himself uttered that says that we are going to be accountable for what our lives look like. That we are going to be, you know, some people are going to be in charge of zero cities, the some people in charge judgment. of five cities, some people yeah. in charge of ten. This was over and over and over in what Jesus said, that we are going to have rewards or we are not based upon how we live this life. Did we occupy it until he returned? Did we do the great commission? Did we keep the simple truths of what he has asked us to do on this planet or not? You know, here's the thing. And this kind of goes back to where Brian was, was did you, are you adding just a little Jesus to your life? Are you adding just a little godliness to your life? Are you, you, a random dude out there, are you cooking the cake? Are you baking the cake of your life? And Jesus is one of the ingredients, which makes you the baker and then Jesus some tool to be used by you. And if that's where you at, if that's where you're at, then you are failing. And I I promise (laughs) you that you are going to cook a flop and it's going to taste terrible and it's going to kill you. But if you understand that you are not in charge of being the baker of your life, you're in charge of being part of the ingredients of the kingdom. So we started off, this is the state of the kingdom. So the state of the kingdom is the state of you. Where are you at? How healthy are you? Are you, Do you really have the king as your king? Are you really searching after his dominion, which is where the word kingdom comes from? It's the king's dominion. Does the king have dominion in your heart? Does he have dominion in your marriage? Does he have dominion in your parenting? Is he in charge of your finances? Is he in charge of your language and the way that you think, your thought life, or not? Are you cooking this cake of your own life and you're adding a little Jesus, a little self-help of Jesus, or have you actually bowed your knees and come it's to the end of yourself? Thing, man. It's not easy. Right? It is. People think, oh, this is so easy. And, and, and like, and like Brian just so quoted, Jesus, down yeah, Brian just quoted uh, Jesus saying that you got to do this daily. Like you got to wake up tomorrow yeah, and say attention. today I have a king and right. it's not about me 
It's about what he needs done. And I'm going to seek first the king and his kingdom, and then he's going to take care of all the needs of my life. Are you doing that tomorrow? Are you doing yeah, and, that today? And, and I believe, as you're even discussing, like God gave everybody a gift. And it's not about, I always tell people, you won't find the true complete version of your gift until you understand how it fits in the plurality of his kingdom into his people. It's not just about you and you alone and you, you and God. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, kind of a warped view. Again, you know, you go back to ancient day, um, the gifts. So you're saying all the same stuff I believe. And I'm saying inside of the plurality, right? So King kingdom and priest, you know, the priesthood. And so, and I'll close with a story as, as far as my part here. Um, when I started a church, 14 years ago, I was scared to death of how the heck am I going to explain the end times to people? I didn't know. I mean, I was an evangelist. I had one message and 10 titles and, uh, you know, I went, that's how I planted a church. I'd never been in a board meeting. I'd never really been in a church much at all. And, and you know, it'd be cool to do on my Tuesday. first board meeting at the church. I Googled it. Like, how do you run a board meeting? <laughs> Who's this <laughs> so Robert's funny, rules dude. guy? <laughs> and I've never done Robert's rules. I've done more of what the Bible does, which, you know, and you can make both of them work and they can still be biblical. So I'm not picking on it, but, um, so here's the thing. I, I really got close to this group of people called JC Studies. Their website's jcstudies.com. It's a messianic Ju- Judaism. It's messianic Ju- Judaic Christian studies. Judaic Christian studies is where it comes from. And uh, Dwight Pryor was the founder, and I got the privilege before he had passed away of being at many of his lectures, many of his weekend getaways and week long. So we're at one of his getaways. He closes this quick little thing, and he's he's closing on a Sunday before we take communion together, and he says, now I'm a I'm considered to be very scholarly. I mean, the guy was bright. Like the whole the whole this like a community of scholars they built there. It's really really brilliant stuff. And he says, you know, people are always asking me about my eschatology and the end times, and and you know, what do you what's your take on you know? Let's get past Revelation five. You know, let's go on and what's your what's your take on that? Your commentary. And he just sat there. He set me free in a million ways that day. And he goes, you know what? Jesus said. Um, I will, uh, the father knows the day and the hour. No man knows the day or the hour, but the father has all that. So that's what Dwight was telling us. He said, Jesus has, he told us the father has tomorrow figured out. And he taught us, he said, a good Jew doesn't dare be go go beyond the horizon of today. He's like, so why would we go into tomorrow when all we have is today? So then he goes, if that's the case, I don't have to be an expert in the end times or any other category of life. God has all that figured out. But what, what do I know I'm supposed to be busy with? What do I know? What should I be busying myself in with today that we know is from God and from Christ? And it's the Great Commission. I should be busy, active in myself, learning and growing, in myself putting God on display to a broken world that needs to see his light shine, his glory. You know, that's a big church world, right? But they need to see his name glorified in the power of who he is by the way my life shines forth all that. So that set me free in a lot of ways. Like, oh my gosh, I don't have to have all that figured out. God has it figured out. Um, doesn't mean we can't know times and seasons, and doesn't mean there's not some importance in knowing the biblical prophecies and all that kind of stuff, right? It's all in the Bible for a reason. It's not like we should just not read that part of the Bible, right? That would be just as wrong to just like totally ignore it and take this deep stance of, well, God has it all. I don't even want to look at it. You know, no, we look at it. We we learn, and there's good people out there that steward that message really well. And, uh, and I'm, and I love 
the houses that do like international house of prayer stewards that message really well. So anyway, but that set me free in a lot of ways as an evangelist turned church planner guy that really didn't have time to go learn all the end times messaging. I was like, you know what though? I'm really good at the great commission and that's today. So <laughs> there you go, baby. <laughs> right. And Jesus said, you know, you can't, there's no way that you can change any part of your stature by worrying about it. So whether Biden, whether Trump, right. It's all going to so be about the great commission. The state of the king, you know, back to the core value of what we got together today to do is so this, what's the state of the kingdom? The state of the kingdom is the state of your own heart. You know, Jesus said in John or in Luke chapter 17, I think it's verse 20 says, where is the kingdom? And he says, it doesn't come by observation because the kingdom of heaven is in you. You know, so what is the state of the kingdom in you? Right. What is the state of the kingdom in you? Are you a mess? Well, then you need to get back into the kingdom. Are, are you, are you all right? Are you okay? And this this political stuff ain't bothering you and this pandemic stuff ain't bothering you or whatever. Then, then great. Praise God. Go get someone and disciple them. Right. Go find someone and give them the peace that you have. So the state of the kingdom is the state of your own heart. Until next time, as we always say, live upright.